<clears throat> we in here. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, they would make leaps and bounds, man, if they if they implement uh, the ability to record visually on here as well. Yeah, this is awesome. You sound so clear, like much yeah. more clear than when we FaceTime. Really? Like, I feel like I'm there with you. Word. Bo- body, mind, and soul. Word. You know what? Actually, one thing. One thing that just came to mind that I wonder if it's going to be an issue is what happens when we get a phone call? Oh, that's a good point. That's why you have two phones, man. You got a burner phone. Oh, shit. I'm just kidding. The burner phone. You know. Is that literally meant to, like, insinuate that you would be able to throw a phone in the fire? Uh... No, you know, actually, I don't know why it's called a burn. Why they call it a burner phone? I don't either. I can assure you, it has nothing to do with throwing it in fire. Yeah, I'm assuming it has to do with a gun-related reference. Yeah, I've been doing that so much. And Raul, to go off your whole ego trip thing, I I feel like I've been hearing so many phrases that just don't make sense to me, and I like question the etymology of them so much. Like someone the other day was like, "Oh man, they got me working like a dog." And, you know, I've had a dog in my house for the last couple of months. I'm like, that motherfucker isn't working at all. He just, like, <laughs> eats shits and sleeps all day. So you're saying you're working like a lazy 21st century dog? You're not working that hard, bro. And so, and it's like people wonder where these phrases come from. Did you, did you take the time to look up what it actually meant? Supposedly, back in the day, there were dogs that you could employ have work for you but yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that was the minority of dogs it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can have dogs like i don't know work in your farm but nothing specific like most of the time dogs have been like i think it has to do more with like when a dog is tired you know when a dog is tired they don't usually like curl up in a beautiful way at least the dogs that i've seen pass out it's like they look exhausted like they don't give a shit but I don't know anything about dogs. Have you heard so. the expression she's tickled pink or he's tickled pink? What the fuck? No, no but that see that one visually makes sense though. If you're white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a cousin that I call uh I call I call him chocolate and that, that dude's never turning pink. So, <laughs> never. Um all right. <clears throat> Enough of the shenanigans because we got some things to do. What time is it? 8.50? All right. Libby, you might get your, your wish of 40 minutes because I don't think I can really be on here past 9.30. So um, I would be happy to start us off unless anyone is feeling a fiery desire to, to do that first. Hit it, Jack. Let's get it. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the inaugural first weekly at this point, unless things start blowing up. First podcast by your favorite color, YFC. Uh, We are excited to explore music as musicians, music lovers, and eventually hopefully and dutifully expand our own musical consciousness in the process. My name is Benjamin, and I am one of a few 
selected gentleman that will be with you today. And I'm joined by two other lovely members. And I'll give them a spot. Let them know who's here. Introduce yourselves. My name is Algo, and I have an affinity for emotion behind music. My name is oh, man. Dan Libby. I have. I also have an affinity for emotion when it comes to music. I love all different kinds of music. I love to play music. Super excited to get this show on the road. That's interesting. I thought y'all were going to go. I heard the word emo, and I'm like, are they going to talk about emojis right at the beginning? Are we going to get into the music? Um, yeah, we've been doing this now for a few weeks. This is our first week on the podcast format. Uh, we're reviewing different genres in like three-week groupings, and we are exploring a genre that most people claim that they know that they understand, they probably heard it um, at some restaurants. Uh, but we are exploring reggae for the next couple of weeks. And we are starting out this reggae session with the album by the band, The Congas. And this album is called The Heart of The Congas. And it's not an album that we were all really familiar with, but exploring this genre and exploring this album definitely um, confused me at times because I definitely had a certain vision of reggae that did not match a lot of the reggae on here. And, yo, honestly, I hate that I'm coming at it with this energy, but, yeah, there was a lot of criticisms on, from my perspective, listening to this. More, more criticism than than praise i think there was a lot of you know tropical island rhythmic hypnotic vibes throughout um some sprinkles of religious imagery as well um but going into it i definitely felt this wall of like yo is this is this the reggae that like we were missing out on being here in america so i would say that that those were some like initial feelings that I have, though, it was definitely in a state of just trying to recalibrate my ears to this music. What were some of y'all's initial thoughts going through the album? Yeah, I, um, I, Dan Libby here, um, absolutely felt the same way. Um, confused, um, definitely the first time through it, um, picking up on the messaging, the lyrics, uh, the delivery, um, but understanding that it was it, it was new to me, um, I suppose walking into this as if it were completely new to me. But um, yeah, it, it it definitely was alien at first, and then when you boil it down to just the music, it's a it, it is a very uh, I wouldn't I don't want to insult anybody by saying simple uh, progression of music. Um, so when you take a step back, I, I the second, third time around listening through the album, I was uh, very much more into it um, than I had before. Yeah, it, it was definitely, um, you know, a shock, um, but I eventually warmed up to it um, as, as the more that I got used to it. 
Yeah. I, I agree that I definitely had some critiques. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say simple, but I, what I had to constantly remind myself is that this is very primitive. Mm. Um, but yeah, my initial thoughts were a few things. Um, you know, one thing that stood out to me was the quality of the sound itself. It sounded very, it's almost as if the master recording, the original recording was not captured great. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was like a 40th anniversary re-release, which Mm. sounds better. It has a lot more loss to it, like a lot more top end and it's brighter versus the original recording. It's very mid and low end heavy, not much top loss, uh, like the lossy, like gloss to it. Um, But even throughout the album, there are, there are moments where it's almost like the individual elements almost go in and out. It, like it wasn't recorded as great as it should have been. And even though the newer rendition, there is a lot more high end to it. You could still hear that the quality of the original recording was not top tier as it could have been. I agree with you. I picked up on that too. I felt faded at points. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, this is, you know, full caveat. I am not, uh, I haven't produced a piece of music myself uh, from, you know, from a recording perspective, I've just participated. So it's hard for me to get into the, you know, terminology. I, I but I just I could hear it. It found, sounded scratchy, uh, sounded faded. For uh, sure. It sounded like it was on like a tape cassette. Um, so <laughs> I was just like, it's something lost in it, which was made it all that more alluring to me the second, third, fourth time around like okay what is it's like a lost message like what is this and then it kind of tied it all together as i aforementioned it it wasn't what i was expecting touching on ben's lead point to start this was that it, it was it wasn't what we were used to is this you know like is, is this the reggae we've been missing out on um totally and i had to do some digging and learn a little bit more about this about the genre and really where it you know, where did it originate from and what are the influences? And it is very heavy, very heavy uh, in human suffering and appeal to, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's sprinkled in with religious you know, lyrics. It's, it, it is in a most a direct appeal to a higher power. Um, mm-hmm. It is definitely, a, it, definitely moving. Um, but yeah, sorry, tying, tying the, uh, the last, you know the fuzziness to or you know lack thereof like of a real master i didn't listen to the master album or remastered album it's just this and it it felt like like uh this was in a bottle and it was lost at sea and somebody found it on the beach and listened to it and it was from some some time ago you know and faded quality but it still had this mystery to it um like I said, that that really grew on me the more I listened to the album, start to finish. And anyways, yeah, I mean, as a genre, reggae does bring a solid, like, bouncy rhythm to it. Um, I don't think you're expecting very intricate, you know, electric guitar solos. Um, I think there there are some expectations of it kind of being more of a mellowy vibe to listen to a reggae album. Uh, I don't think a lot of people put reggae albums in the category of like, this is an intellectual, 
exploration of an album. It's normally associated as this like background music that, you know, it can create a vibe. You can swing to it. Uh, it's kind of, you know, tropical and breezy in that sense. And it's easy to listen to. And I think as a listener of this album, I was trying to figure out like, okay, where do I want, where's this album supposed to be taking me? Is it supposed to be taking me into a more like mellow, um, relaxed type of environment? Or is it supposed to like, to use your phrase, Libby, like, highlight this higher power in however subtle or direct ways that it wants to. Um, and I think that is where some of my, you know, criticisms come is that I don't feel like it was really doing either one. And you add that on top of like the awful mastering, like you go to the first three songs and they're at a certain sound level. And then I think it's um, uh, La La Babam comes in. And the sound volume increases by like 40 or 50%. And the next song, it goes back down again. And that happens like two or three times in the album. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it just felt sloppy. Yes, there are moments where you do get this like primitive yearning for, you know, pushing forward, like on the song uh, Fisherman or on the song Ark of the Covenant. Like you do get this sense of that. Okay, these people are like using the rhythm here to like move things forward um but i guess it wasn't over enough for me and i i did love how occasionally things came together and you know the melodies would come in and you'd have some good percussion with the occasional like thoughtful lyric with like the biblical reference occasionally but to me, it just didn't happen enough. It, it 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 was it was too scattered as a listener. Word. Uh, yeah, I think that there's beauty in the simplicity. What you know, one thing that jumped out at me about this album is that you know, with saying that it is primitive. I also think that there is, you know, with limitation for me always breeds creativity. So I love that working with what they had, you know, some of the things that I loved about this album. Um, first off, the vocals. I love that there were, for the most part, it was vocal heavy where there was the guy singing in the higher end falsetto and the guy singing in the more bar baritone. And that happened throughout most of the album so I, I i enjoyed that um i enjoyed instrument instrument wise you know again they're kind of working with what they have it's, it's it's very basic production in a sense so it's really just bass percussion and guitar driven but i love that i you know and going back to what i guess the essence of reggae music is is that it's very much driven by a feeling, you know, even off the off the rip with the first song, which I think is Fisherman, it instantly gave me the feel goods. It instantly gave me the, you know, it, it, it it's almost like a like a warmth that just like goes from your toes into like the my neck and my back and like it just felt very genuine and warming and grounding. And that's usually what I get from reggae music. Um, 
So I love those aspects from, you know, about this album, you know, the, the primitiveness in a sense contributed to their creativity. And they, I think they were able to hone into creating this album for what they had. I think they honed into what they had and they pushed those elements to the furthest of their capacity in a sense. Yo, how do you know that? How do you know that they pushed the limits of what they had to their capacity? Well, because, you know, first off, there are no solos, like I think you mentioned. Yeah. Reggae music is not so much about the individual elements. It's it's about them coming together. And, you know, many of the so- many of these songs are, you know, as heavy background vocals. I picture, I can almost see them playing it as I'm listening to it. And a lot of these songs and recorded sound like live music to me, which I'm pretty sure is the case, where they were probably all in like a small room and they were all just jamming together. And this is the recording that they captured. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that they explored it to what I mean by they explored the instruments and the elements that they had to the furthest capacity is that they come together and create the sonics, uh, you know, a soundscape and it's not meant to be this extremely over the top uh, leads driven, heavy uh, solo driven. It's very much setting the vibe, you know, if, uh, you know with, with, with reggae music, it's very much about the foundation and it feeling good and vocal expression, nothing over the top. It's like equal level playing field for everyone. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. Yeah, like I, I think I made a comment earlier, and I led with, with a, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if that was the right word, but it's definitely simple. It's simple-ish, or, um, but that's tricky because it's not, but it is. It's stripped back, um, instrumentally, um, but yeah, there were definitely. Uh, there are definitely um, feelings I get from listening uh, to this. I, I, I will, to go into your point, Raul, about you know envisioning them playing live in front of you. Um, totally, I I had a, uh, a like mixed like different settings. Not for every song, they're all they're all kind of similar, um, but definitely one where it was like I could envision it being played inside a church. Um, you know, it definitely, it's communal um, and not just huddled and exclusive to just the musicians, but definitely played in front of people who can connect with it. Um, yeah, it's, not, it's nothing flashy. I guess that's, that's really what I wanted to say about it. There really isn't anything flashy about this and what's really on display instrumentally to me. It, it's the percussion, the bass, which they had a really tough time coming through on these recordings, the, the bass, guitar. Um, and the vocals, the chanting, you know, the, the, the chorus behind the lead. Um, yeah, it, it just, that tied in with the message, uh, you know, these lyrics of, of suffering and, and appealing to some, something to save them. It, 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 it's just what I got from it, you know, it's just, you know, look at the suffering around us and how, how you know, we, we, God will save us, please. Um, but um, you know this this 
music, it's, I think I got to tie this back to like the couple, first couple sentences of Ben's opening about that. That it is confusing. Um, it's maybe it's, you know, it is my, it's my take on, on reggae just because it's commercialized. What I'm expecting, you know, is this like warm, you get this warm, fuzzy island tropical feeling like you're on vacation. Like it was like oh, sandy beaches and relaxation. But really, it's like you listen to the music and you arrive, you're instantly met with these lyrics that are really chilling and make you feel uh, conflicted and almost out of place. Like, ooh, uh, you know, I'm having a hard time. Can I can connect to the vibe, like to the music, but I cannot. <clears throat> Like I, I feel uncomfortable now because these lyrics don't match with how this music's presented. In, at least in my mind. Yeah, Livy's expecting like sandals, beach resort, reggae, like. Well, I mean, <laughs> some dude in a Hawaiian shirt with a steel drum. Well, I'm just not, not that I'm, I, I'm just making the point that it, it, maybe it is just me. I don't know. I just I felt like that was it caught me off guard. You know the first time and then as you kind of dig into it, it's like you know hey, this is the reggae that i haven't been paying attention to or haven't listened to i mean you think reggae I, i'm think bob marley and there's definitely some you know, he was repackaged in a sense and commercialized to a you know presented to an audience that's something that i that that is connected and relates to other types of music that i've listened to it's a rock genre yeah i think i think see but that's it Go ahead, bro. I was just going to say, I, th- I think uh, Bob Marley is an example of someone who takes the, who took the genre and especially the lyric and songwriting aspect and just completely like brought it to a, a, an absolute next level. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and, the, you know, this almost reminds me of when we were listening to the George Clinton album where it's, you know, like very early funk and I, in a sense, I disliked it because it was very primitive, you know. So this album may be an example of pr- a primitive genre, which was later on made much better and greater. So, you know, what we're accustomed to hearing when we listen to reggae music is is much better than this. Yeah, and it's interesting as I scan what I assume the average American experience is with Bob Marley. Even some of Bob Marley's most famous songs, you think of like Redemption Song, No Woman, No Cry, uh, Three Little Birds. Uh, I, I feel like even in those songs, you do get some of the themes that are explored here. Like it is without a doubt evident that they are exploring religion as a means to like cope with things. They're like specifically quoting stories from the bible like they bring up joseph in the the many colored coats how he was killed by his brothers they bring up daniel who was thrown in a in a fiery lion's den it's like you you get this sense that these people are exploring a genre of music and exploring these religious themes and feeling like okay this is the best way to to cope with this feeling of like just being thrown to the side you know, and I think what they're using as a remedy for that is a bit of a more uplifting vibe, you know, like, you know, the, I'll tell you the very first time I heard Fisherman, I'm just like imagining like the stereotypical, like just weed filled room, like 
just vibing out, like listening to reggae. And then you get one song into it. It's like, yo, I don't really feel like that's the vibe of this. This is not party music. It, it, to, to me, it was not party music. This was like very introspective, like almost it, it demanded the attention of something more somber than the celebration of something congratulatory. And I think that congratulation, you know, vacation vibe is how most people might put reggae um, in a certain box. Um, this felt very different than that. This had more somber tones for me. It definitely elicited feelings, but they weren't very cheery and happy ones um, that I would have thought a reggae album. And even if you look at the album cover, man, these guys look like they're having a great time <laughs> yeah. and the colors are all vibrant and bright. They're just banging on the drums. They're smiling. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a part. Like, I'm going to play this while I'm cooking, you know, while I'm dancing in my like, living room with my kids. And um, yeah, was not that vibe for me. Yeah. I, I just want to point out one of the most, one of the songs that just encapsulates this, like, confusion, I, you know, like we just caught off guard is um, Children Crying. So the title leads you right into, okay, this is just probably something uh you know, not not, 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 a, not a happy song. Up. Yeah, but then it's a real simple one four five four guitar progression, like chord progression in major chords and major, as opposed to minor, elicits. It just sounds happier. You know, a solid G, an open G, an open C, an open D. It has much more. It leads you to believe it more it's happy. It's just a happy sense, happy feeling. Uh, and no, I mean like the just crashing over it as these lyrics is wails of sadness and sorrow and God, please save the children in the streets of hunger. And it's like, whoa, not, not, not completely. Whoa. Like I, I guess at this point, song four, I'm, I know what I'm in for. You know, I, I, I get the theme, um, but it, it just is like a contradiction of sorts, um, you know, cause it is definitely a song that played in, in its mellow rhythm. Um, it's one I would drink a, you know, have a, a cooler full of Coronas sit on a beach and, you know, but now, you know what I mean? It just, it, it has a relaxing vibe to it, but certainly not the lyrics. So it just confused. I don't know. It just, yeah. Makes me feel conflicted, I guess. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think this album would have been better if, if, I, if I was on a beach drinking a red stripe and eating fresh fish right out of the ocean, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll trade in the Coronas for some red stripe. Uh, that, that that sounds a lot better. Yo, I feel like if I was a true, like Jamaica-born reggae artist, I would be like <laughs> so offended <laughs> at list at listening to that imagery because yo, that's like the very Americanized version of what reggae is. Like, I it, it must be so frustrating as a reggae musician to be like, yo, we're not all just happy dread-headed Jamaicans that like love to run around beaches and smoke weed all day like yo we have children crying too and like we pray all the time and we are living in a third world country and I think that reality is what came crashing in but yes Raul I agree I would much rather listen to this album on a beach with yeah, some beer. all about the environment all about the environment um what were some of your favorite songs as y'all were looking uh, at the my top listening. favorite song was definitely Ark of Covenant. Uh, I think it was because, mm-hmm. well, you know what? In throughout the album, I you know I love that the vocal expressions, they all felt very spiritual. Uh, but Ark of Covenant in particular, 
felt very spiritual to me. And I think the main vo- background vocal that's driving the song, I think it's what, it, what attracted me most to the song. But it, this is Art of uh, Ark of Covenant is probably the song that I'm probably going to revisit most and that stood out. Um, yeah, I liked Ark of Covenant a lot. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, ironically, Children Crying and La La Babam, I think I, I think those two packets together give me the best of this album because I think the whole album should have been mastered to the clarity and quality of La La Bam Bam. Like, everything just felt like it had life. You know, the first four songs... Like the guitars just felt dull, the percussion felt muffled, the vocals felt like just dusty and like hidden behind curtains. And then on La La Bam Bam, I felt like everything kind of came to the front stage and the light was beaming on him. And like the engineer realized that he like didn't plug in one of the cables all the way correctly. And finally it was plugged in. You could hear everything clearly. So like the content of this song is like very um I guess accessible in a sense, but the sound I think is, and Raul, you were talking about how Bob Marley might've like taken pieces and like magnified them. I think if he scanned this, he's like, oh, okay, this is what it should sound like. Let's just work on like the the packaging of the lyrics a little more. Um, and so I really liked um, that. Like that'll that's like my Denora Denora for me on this album. Uh, but then Ch- Children Crying, I thought, had a great melody, a great rhythm to it. Uh, I found myself singing it. Obviously, it was repeated a bunch. But after, like, 30 seconds of it, I found myself singing that hook, um, which is, going back to Dan's point, a bit conflicting to be, like, melodically humming a song about children crying. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say th- those are my two favorites. I um, I liked, yeah, I, I liked... Um... Children Crying, uh, Lala Bum Bum, um, Ark of the Covenant. All of those three songs were were great songs. I felt encapsulated uh, this what I, after re- learning what reggae really is about. I feel like it it encapsulated that, and uh, I gained a new appreciation for the music. Um, but my favorite track is Congo Man, and it's different than all the rest uh all the rest of the songs it is percussion driven and um yeah it was just it was uh, quite a ride uh, i think it has the most energy in the entire album and um it's the most experimental but experimental to me maybe not to the artist um yeah it was just it, it was something totally different and it's i know it's the second song in the album but when it pops up you know I, I so i listened to the album through start to finish twice and then i shuffled it and it just like bopped around and then when this one came on it was like something brand new um each time yeah there aren't it's it's there aren't a lot of lyrics it's some chanting some sounds some like guttural sounds in the background it just seemed more um yeah just out of this world and i Really appreciated it. I thought it was thought it was so cool. Yeah, you know, was one thing that left me curious about this album is there's this one sound. It sounds like it could be a percussive sound, but it's sprinkled throughout the album, and you hear it at the very beginning of "Can't Come In," 
which I even did some research online trying to find what it is because it sounds dope as fuck. And I'll play it real quick. It's almost like that raindrop sound. I have no idea what that is, man. And I'm curious to know what it is. You're not talking about the phaser filter. Yeah, You're it's like. Doo, 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 doo. Sounds like somebody. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like a bubbles in a bong almost. Yeah, man. I have no. I'm like. Completely <laughs> from... that, yeah. yeah, that was the engineer. Lighten up. <laughs> Too close to the mic. <laughs> Um, yeah, how'd y'all feel about the reverb and the distortion and the different effects on the instrumentation throughout the album? Um, I didn't mind on the instrumentation. I'll tell you the one thing that jumped out to me as far as the mixing element or the, I guess, the technical aspect of it. I loved the, on the main vocals... They have this delay that's like a very quick delay. And I heard it in, in, throughout other uh, rape songs. What I love about it is that it, it it sounds it makes it sound like a live recording, even more so like a live recording because um, I'm sure you guys have been at live events and you're far away from the speaker, and it it takes like a like half a second for you to hear it actually. But it sounds delayed. Mm-hmm. So that's what the vocals, the vocals on the, throughout the album give me that vibe to where I'm in an open environment field and I'm far away from the stage and the speakers. So the vocals sound like it's, it's, it, you hear it and then a half a second later you hear it again. So it sounds like that echo of like live echo effect to me. Um, but, but I mean, in terms of the distortion uh, on the guitars, and that may have been some of the issues that I had with the overall mixing acts aspect of this album is that some of it was poor recording. So I wonder how much of it had to do with the additional effects that, you know, that have been added. To hmm. Yeah. I think that when I imagine going to a concert and I imagine the best concert experience possible, I don't imagine myself all the way in the back <clears throat> with the delays. Sure, at different times in my financial life, that's all I could afford. But at this point, <clears throat> I would want to be as close as possible. And I think that delay effect you highlighted is absolutely accurate. And I think that was a major like rock in my shoe as I was walking through this album. Because I just didn't want to feel that. I didn't want to, like, it felt like everything was just like, drenched and marinated for weeks in this olive oil of just distortion and reverb to like compensate for it not sounding good which was frustrating because I felt like you know just let the vocalist sing like just let the vocalist be heard why does it have to be so muddled and like behind the curtain and I think the percussion was the one instrument that felt a little more like upfront and organic and clean but the, the rest of it to me was that I was very aggravated by that throughout the album. Because, you know, as someone that's like put a bunch of reverb in my vocals or a bunch of distortion or a bunch of delay, like there is only so much that you can put on before it just starts to sound A, nothing like you and B, 
like noticeable. It, it should be something that you can uh, taste, but not be overtaken by. And I, I felt very overtaken by the amount of distortion, uh, reverb, and delay vocally on the album. Word. Yeah, that I I don't think I remember like saying to myself, "Oh my god, it's like a over overdub, too much effect." But I do remember particularly thinking, like, I really don't know what they're saying. <laughs> like, I can't. They're not shining through. I you know, admittedly, I read the lyrics and um, you know, for on all the songs, I could you know, I'm not saying the lyrics, the vocalists were lost on all of them, but there were definitely some. Uh, like the wrong way, I was comp- I was kind of lost. Was the vocalist was too high. I don't know if that had anything to do with what it was covered in or if it was covered, but it just it's hard to pick up on what they were saying. Um, which you know, it just kind of big knock in this album. Is something that we talked about was that a lot of it was lost in the engineering. Um, it just seemed like it was it was just totally inconsistent in that regard, which affects the listener. Um, yeah um yeah yeah just adding to that point where we're we're. um all right any final thoughts before we get into the final evaluation and ratings for this album yeah i I think that my biggest takeaway and i may have mentioned it way early on my biggest takeaway is how limitation can breed creativity it's one of the notes that I took what I, you know, there's one of the major outtakes that I take because at least speaking for myself, <clears throat> a lot of times I'm trying to almost over decorate the music that I'm creating. And this, this album is a reminder for me that going, you know, the feeling and the emotion, what you're trying to convey should be more important than the over, uh, overly decorated soundscape. You know, for me, simplicity many a times can be very effective. Although we didn't, you know, not any, not many of these songs I would rate higher than like an eight or something like that individually. But the the songs that I very much enjoyed is, you know, what I took out of it was, you know, the simplicity can go a very long way. You know, a dope original idea is very valuable. Yeah. The originality of an idea. That's interesting. I think I'm not in a place yet to call this album original. And I think that I struggle sometimes with how much value I give to originality because how far can you extend that? Like, if all music is based off of the same chord progression, does that make it not original? Like, some of the best Beatles songs of all time. You know, they're on a, based on a very basic chord progression that wasn't necessarily original, but they put a little twist on it. So in terms of our reggae exploration, uh, I think I'm going to hold back on labeling this as an original idea because I don't have the context to understand whether it is original or not. Um, but I will say that the idea of exploring somber tones and somber messages with uh, like rhythmic, upbeat instrumentation 
uh, is interesting. It's not original. It's been done in many different genres before because it is really a remedy to the topic of things you're talking about, which they did do here. So I think if, if I'm looking at a takeaway from this album, I would say that those conflicting ideas, those um, opposing ideas can be done effectively. You can channel that into the art of your music. Um, I I don't feel like it was done well here, but I think it can be done. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought there were just some of the songs were just too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a short album, I know, but uh, for example, Fisherman probably selfishly probably could have done without an, an added verse. It just seemed like it was after a while, it's just, you know, there's no flashy guitar. It, it, again, taking it from someone, this, this is all brand new, right? So all I have to lean on is what I have, what I'm used to listening or what I, you know, have in my repertoire, what I, what I understand, right? So uh, it's really, uh, they just, a lot of lyrics just reiterate, reiterate. It's the same thing for three to four minutes and it's, there is no break. You know, um, there's no change. And um, yeah, it felt like to me, I was like, oh, there's one thing I would change about this album. One thing that affects my overall score is that some things were just too long. It just was too repetitive. Um, but mm. again, understanding that this is probably in its most bare basic form. This is this, it just, it's just, this is what it is. So, and I appreciate it for what it is. It's just not. Uh, yeah, it's just not what I'm used to. But I don't know. You can lead that right into to. our closing thoughts. All right. Rating this album. Yeah, let's get let's get our, our final ratings. Um I'll I'll start us off. So I think that the album brought the album brought the the idea of collaboration to a, a, a pretty beautiful idea of making it sound like this is something that was done in a team of people, uh, to use Raul's phrase, with some just organic instruments. There's not, you know, a lot of, there's no synths on this. There's not like overly, um, like there's not like a orchestra with strings and all that. This seemed like accessible. Like if this is the music of, the common people to some extent um, where I think this album truly lost a lot of points for me was the execution. I think the idea was good. Execution is where it, it suffered for me. Um, that's from the vocal perspective, the technical aspect of the mixing instrumentation was also like on the simpler accessible side. Like some of the bass lines were just, you know, bubble, boom, boom, bubble, boom, 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 which Going off our old point, yes, simplicity can be a more inviting vessel for creativity. I think this album lot loses a lot of points for me because the creativity wasn't capitalized, and maybe that is a uh, maybe that was by design. Maybe they wanted to make something that was like accessible, um, but I wanted more from them in that sense. So I'm gonna give this album a. It's between a four or a five at this point. Um, so I'm going to go with a five 
at this point for Heart of the Congo. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think it was um, refreshing. It's something new, and I'm always into something. It's different. You know, it's something I could dig my teeth into, and and something, especially something I don't understand. And then finding ways to understand it. You know, doing a little research on the genre and really digging into the lyrics and the presentation. Uh, but as I mentioned, I thought. Like while it is interesting and fun, I just didn't fully uh, connect with it, and thought some of the songs that just that maybe this is designed just too long, um, not enough uh, changes, uh, different directions. Again, it's just probably the, it's it, it sounds like it's just the nature of uh, this class, but um, yeah, it just. Yeah, it was it was fun, different. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge of trying to understand it and get get used to it. Um, certainly something that I will revisit, but not consciously. Um, in that sense, like oh, I'll just put on some reggae and then oh yeah, I recognize this song. You know, I, I know the genre. I know this band. Um, yeah, I, I put it squarely at a five. No question. I think it was there's value in there. And, um, and I enjoyed listening to it, but it's certainly not a revisit by name. It'll just, I'll just eventually stumble upon it again. Mm. Yeah. Um, for me, considering the things that I, you know, things that d- deduct points for me, uh, you know, the qual- overall quality, sound quality definitely deducts a point. The yeah. lack of, layers and the lyrics definitely deducts a point i think it's very superficial it's not really too in-depth not anything too thought-provoking or deep so that deducts a point um the kind of the lack of exploration and composition of the music definitely deducts a point for me i'm gonna say this is a six because there were things that I enjoyed from this album. There, there are things, the, the overall vibe, just like I said, it, the, it gave me like the instant feel goods, like right off the rip. So there are things that I took away in a positive aspect. Um, you know, I give it a six because I don't, I think it's better than the midway point from one to 10, slightly better than the midway point. So I'm going to go with a six. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting as we explore our next album, what expectations we bring. It sounds like all of us are like very open to the fact that reggae isn't just breezy, happy red stripe music. Like, and I think that's a very important thing to bring to any genre that we explore, which is understanding that from an American radio consuming adult in, in their 30s, like you were exposed to this like very thin and small window into worlds of music outside of the American experience. And the music that worked its way through from other genres is just like a sliver of the whole picture. Like when we were talking about Bossa Nova, like the girl from Ipanema, that's only one song from that whole genre of Bossa Nova. When you think about funk, it's not just Rick James and Leather Red Pants. Like there is so much more to that. So to, to me, it's really important. You know, it's our first reggae album. So I'm giving us a little bit of a pass that we're coming in with so much bias. 
uh, my hope is that the next album we can like move past our superficial biases and like get deeper into like okay what is with this simplicity what is with this like superficial just here's a story of daniel like yeah. is there more to that than we're not seeing so um i'm excited for that do we word 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 um all right so we close out we gave you the ratings once again this is our first podcast press play brought to you by yfc your favorite color once again you know what it is um we are gonna sign off now and yeah we'll be back next week um with some more reggae two more weeks of reggae and then we'll we'll explore some other genres so how y'all want to close this out do we want to talk about our next album Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be either you or Libby selecting the next one. I have a selection. Um, but yeah. Say it again? Yeah, that's uh, interesting you said that. I was going to suggest that we should Absolutely. come to the press play episodes with the next selection in hand. So yeah, yeah talk so to us about I, it. I, you know, we, we touched on good old Bob Marley. I think it's appropriate for us to listen to a Bob Marley in the Whalers because they, they definitely uh, reggae to a whole so, so I think we should listen to this album named Catch a Fire by Bob Marley and the Whalers. All right. Catch a fire. Oh, all right. There we go. All right. Next week, we will be reviewing Bob Marley's bam, bam, la, la, bam, bam, Catch a Fire. Bam, bam. All right, y'all. Peace. See ya. <laughs> all right. Peace and love, y'all.